That's the podcast coach for October 28, 2017. Let's get ready to podcast. There it is. The fun-filled music. Hey, if you've got podcast questions, we've got podcast answers. Welcome to Ask the Podcast Coach. I'm your host, Dave Jackson, from the schoolofpodcasting.com. And today we have not one, but two people joining me. The one and only, he's back from his special assignment. Uh, the one and only Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. Jim, how's it going, buddy? Greetings, Dave. Happy Saturday morning to you. I'm just happy with Troy here today. That's right. They, they can see me down here, down in the in the corner. Like when you're talking, I do all these things during the show. Nobody ever sees them because when it's just you and I, those don't show up. But Dave, thanks for having me back. Five weeks off. I appreciate the break that you didn't fire me. I did let you cut my pay in half. So <laughs> for the time I was gone. I took half pay, but it's good to be back. Thanks for having me. But uh, Troy Heinrich from the Blacklist Exposed podcast. I, I feel bad since I have all this Packers stuff for the PackersFanPodcast.com. Right. But my Blacklist stuff isn't quite done yet, so I don't want to unveil it until it's fully fully uh, operational. Can we can we talk about what's going on? You got big news. I suppose we could announce can, that. Can we announce that? Is it, am, am, am I like, am I, are you like, going, no, I don't want to talk about that because we can <laughs> let it sit. But I saw you, know, you did something on Facebook and I was like, now that's cool. Yeah, so we got a call from Sony, and we're being invited as press to go to the filming of the 100th episode of The Blacklist in New York. That's cool. So you've gone Congrats. from so you've gone from uh, let's see. I know you've been in John Bokenkamp's office. Correct. Um, you 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 flew what to California to record some sort of fan thing, and now you're actually going to get to go watch them film an episode. Correct. That's cool. Can you be like an extra? That would be cool. That, that's our hope. We're hoping that you know enough of our cast friends that we've interviewed yeah. like they, they know we're coming so they're like hey let's just bring them into the shot that yeah. would be fantastic i mean what happened thinking- for the gilmore guys and the uh, outlander people and uh, jason gabassi from walking dead so hopefully hopefully it'll work out yeah. so when you know red is meeting somebody on a park bench somewhere you could be it the, wouldn't be me i would not want to have that conversation no but you could be the guy in the background that walks you know yeah. hey you could if you're gonna do this go, go all the way the show needs to have a podcast on the show so like they could be <laughs> i mean you guys could be a big part not just i mean if you're gonna go go all the way right it's like one of those like show. new criminal empires right has to come in and find some like campus <laughs> interns or something and we're just there at the doing yeah. the radio station sound right. booth or right. something he part of the part a, of the show is the yeah. podcast that would be great bust into an abandoned warehouse you know, be funny. weave that into the plot. <laughs> they bust into an abandoned warehouse. All right. Wait, what? We're just here doing a podcast. We're, we don't have anything to do with the drugs. Yeah, it'd be great fun. Yeah, man. And I, I love the fact that your whole journey started Oop. with a tweet. Oop. We lost Dave. Dave hold on. When mic. you moved your mic, something. Really? You're now like 1940s radio all of a sudden. I mean, we hear you. Right. Well, hold on. But before we do that, Troy, congratulations. Yes. Um, oh, thank you. What an amazing journey that you've had. It's been fun to watch you take the steps to get these very, and it, it's been risky, right? Each one of these steps is riskier and riskier because if you don't produce or you don't perform in that, I mean, imagine you go out to California and you say something you shouldn't have said and they never ask you back, right? And each one of these steps took more and more. Did you feel that pressure as you were oh, making each one of these steps? And it's a thing. You have to totally prepare for these situations. So when we went out to do the TV special for before season four, I had like a binder of stuff. Just every, I went back and like read every script and every season, like just make sure I was completely prepared to ask the right questions. And then you just, that way you you know that you at least you did your best. And then if they don't like it, they don't like it. That's the worst that could happen. Right. But you don't want to be there and just say something completely stupid or fan out when you go to this, you know, ceremony in uh, in a couple of weeks here in New York. 
So just got to be play it cool. And when the opportunity comes, you say yes, because that's the thing. We could have said, oh, I got to work on Monday. It's Veterans Day weekend. I got Bears Packers tickets the day before. Can't make it. No, you you say yes. <laughs> you say yes and you do it because otherwise you don't get a second opportunity. That's it. And and you've, you've got two things there. You said yes, and then you prepare so that you take advantage of the opportunity, which then leads to more opportunities. So... Awesome. But it, it does come at high risk. I mean, I, I want I want people to understand, like, we're seeing the end of a lot of hard work and a lot of risks that you've taken. And it's super easy right now, Troy, to look at your situation and say, oh, what a great, you know, what a great trajectory. But none of that was guaranteed along the way. And, and uh, you know, we've gone through this a little bit with you. I've kind of watched it from the outside. Dave's talked about it. We've we've talked about it here on the show. And none of that's guaranteed. And so congratulations for getting there. I mean, and there's some great stuff ahead still yet for you. You're, you're really, you should give a clinic on how to handle big media because I think it's different than, you know, right? When you went to Hollywood, it's a different world there. I literally a different world. And so you're prepped for the show, but did you, when you got there, it was a little, a little culture shock to be in Hollywood for you? The good, the good thing was, was that before we got there to film that in August, uh, would that have been like 2016, 15? I forget. But previously that March, I'd actually gone out there with my family for vacation. So I just, I called up John and just said, Hey, I'm in town. He's like, come on by. And I was like, okay. So at least I'd met John in person previously. So that really took the edge off. But when I'm a big alias fan and grew up watching John Eisendrath, to sit across from John Eisendrath, it was the, okay, this is the fan moment. Don't freak out because he's from Chicago and you have, you know, things in common and you just don't want to completely ask alias questions for an entire hour. So yeah, yeah it was, it was really cool. <laughs> I think you've done a nice job of handling this situation and, and doing it in the right way. No guarantees, but I think you could probably give a clinic on how to do this and, and kind of how to do it right. And the hours of, I, I, you know, I think you probably put hours of preparation into this. This just wasn't a winging it conversation you went into. You guys have watched all the shows. You did a little homework before you went in. You studied the situation. You kind of said, don't be a fanboy. You know, as you're in, and that's hard. You get in those really situations hard. and you just want to nerd out hard on the conversation. And you got to kind of back off a little bit, right? You got to mm-hmm. kind of let them talk, realize it's about them. You got to ask them questions and just let them talk, right? And not be the one to. <laughs> Not be oh, Chris yeah. Farley. <laughs> Remember that time <laughs> with the thing? That was awesome. That would be great. Have you ever had uh, Spader on the show yet? Uh, it was in talks, actually, to have him on the first week of the season, but the uh, schedules just didn't work out. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah, the season's got a long way to go yet. That's one of those things where you just kind of like, hey, the guy from the podcast is here and just see if it'll just naturally, you know, that'd be cool. Yeah, I'm afraid more for Aaron at that point because he's all less than zero, sex lies and videotape, mannequin. He's the big movie guy. Uh, so he's just going to talk to James about all the early stuff. Mannequin. I forgot about that one. <laughs> wow. That's that goes classic. way back. Yeah. That goes way back. Yeah. Uh, Troy, anything, if you were to give anybody any advice, like in, that it's in the genre or even dealing with, you know, dealing with celebrities, because I think this is I think this is hard. This is harder than podcasting is dealing with the celebrities. If you were to give some advice, what what kind of advice would you give? Talk to them like they're people. I mean, they're not celebrities. I mean, the, the biggest thing that we did when we talked to Megan Boone, I mean, she she called us. That, that was the, the nice. amazing thing, right? It's like we talked to the PR agency and they set it up and was some big Jimmy Fallon special thing. I mean, she literally called us to say thank you to us for not making the, the pregnancy such a big issue on the podcast. So when we got to talk to her, it was more about 
this um, short directoral thing she did on YouTube called Eggshells for Soil. And we just made sure we highlighted her as a person and the things that she was important of. I mean, we talked about the show, but we really talked about how she had to deal with things on the show and how she had to come up through the course of that. So if you talk to them as if they're just us, you know, it's, it's, it, it opens up a whole can of worms. Nice. Yeah. It's uh. whereas if I think if you just went in and fanned out, I think it puts pressure on them. I, oh yeah. It's, I, it's a little awkward for them. I yeah, think. Cause they're like, Oh, if I, this guy thinks I'm all that in a bag of chips. And if I do anything, I'm going to crush his soul. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you're just teaching like people, they're like probably a little more relaxed and, uh, there's not that pressure to to well and recognize them for who they are. I mean, this is the, the for them. They think what they're for most of them. I think they think what they're in is just of a big deal as anybody else. And and a lot of them are like, oh man. I mean, they think about it. a lot of folks in Hollywood have been working years to get a role, even if it's a even if it's a second or third tier role in a show. They've got something, and it's just as a big deal to them as it is to you. And so I, I think to be able to try, I imagine, you know, you want to kind of go at it congratulating them, thanking them for the hard work they put in. I, I think sometimes we think, too, that these guys, you know, these guys making uh, this creative, these creative arts, these movies or TVs or whatever, they work hard at their craft. And uh, not all of them, but a lot of them uh, put a lot of time in. And so, Troy, I imagine uh, thanking them, have, being appreciative and then just letting them talk about it is is just a great way to go. Yeah, that's why we feature the writers, especially with our intros on the show, because those guys, without the writers, there's no show. Right. I mean, they're creating something out of nothing. And then uh, just the, the, the cast, and the, or not necessarily the cast, but the crew, uh, we had uh, the makeup department head on uh, at, the, at the end of last season. I mean, featuring those guys, I mean, the work they have to come up with to make an entire scene of chemical explosion plant and bodies laying all over the place, and they got to do that, you know, turn around on a dime to make that hit the timing. I mean, it's, it's, that's, that's a lot of pressure for those guys. Yeah. So to feature them and get them, the people behind the camera to be in front of the camera in a way, I think that's really cool. That's super smart. I've been watching a lot of behind the scenes, YouTube videos, you know, of old movies from the eighties, whatever, back to the future, some of those. And it's amazing how disastrous most of those movies are before they're produced. Right. Oh, right. TV is probably a little bit on the smaller side, but but it's just a disaster. I mean, it's it's a it's a train wreck that any of these actually make it on the air. Dave, you were going to say something. If you have HBO Go, there is a great documentary on Steven Spielberg, and they interviewed um, Richard Dreyfus. Is that the guy's name that was in Jaws? Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. And he says, "I was hired on day three. He says we didn't have a script and we didn't have a shark." And he goes. <laughs> And, and so, and they just, and it's a thing where Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg says he got approached by like, um, insert big director name here, you know, and he came up and he said, realize there are going to be days when you go to the set and you have no idea what you're doing. And he goes, and your job is to make sure that nobody on that set knows that you think you have no idea what you're doing because you don't know what you're doing. And he explains how most of the time, any kind of water scenes or things like that, there's a back lot with a giant pool and all that. He goes, and he goes, no, no, we're going to shoot this on the ocean. And he goes, I had no idea about tides and wind. And so they just, every time they turned around, it was like they, they tripled their, it was supposed to be done in like three months or something like that. And it was done in like nine or something like everything was tripled the budget was tripled and things like that but it also set at the time box office records so it was interesting hearing what steven spielberg was saying on just how at times they're just like well this is where we want to go and we're just going to start going and i was like well that's an interesting uh you know just uh the nightmare behind it 
The, those make great stories, right? Oh, those, those, uh, Troy, I'm sure you've, in your interviews, you've asked about those train wrecks, and that's probably some of the best content you've gotten, I would imagine. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the best part was talking about people's uh, families, too. I, when we interviewed uh, Amir Arison, who plays a Ram on the show, he talked about his mom. I mean, the, the love that he has for his mom and the fact that his dad's this um, amazing surgeon down in Florida, and he's just so proud of his son because he's playing a, one of the shows. He's like, that's, my, that's not me. That was my son playing the doctor on a show. <laughs> I mean, it, it just the, the stuff you get out of that. I mean, I feel like I should go have coffee with the Arisons at some point when I get down to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> They would probably have you, to be yeah, honest. They probably would. But, they I mean, would. That, it's a it's a crazy world when you start thinking like, oh, these people are unapproachable, and yet, like you said, they're they're people too. And you show up, they may they may do coffee with you. They may, you know, they may have you over for dinner. You you never like you never know. And I think you've also found out you never know who's listening. Yeah, correct. So right, I mean, you might think, oh, this is going out in open air, and why would people on the actual show listen to my podcast? But I think you found many of them listen, right? Oh, they do intently. Oh, I think my favorite story from Troy is he was interviewing the writers and he gets a tweet, I think from, from the producer. Yeah. From John. Yeah. They said, where's my interview? And it's like, so <laughs> well, when can we, yeah. you know, when can we get you in? That's, that's what a, I said. I said, it's your show. Come on anytime you want. <laughs> We're just an extension. Yeah. Awesome. Troy, um, football season has started again, and you you have a sports show, I think, important. How, how does that work, or how do you guys feel season to season when you get those started again? Is it a huge ramp up every year to get the season started? Uh, how, how does that work as a, as a sports podcast? I think it depends on what you want to cover, I think, is really the hard part. So for us... I mean, it, we're a fan podcast. We're not analysts. We're not coaches. We haven't, I haven't played football. I actually quit being the field goal kicker to go play soccer. I mean, sacrilege, right? Who would do that? But at the end of the day, you have to think about it. Like, what does the audience want? And, and, and to get the number of downloads we're getting for not being Tony Romo's or Al Michaels of the world, et cetera. For us, we just literally say, everybody wants to talk football midweek. Like, they're waiting for Sunday. So we, we just we come on on Wednesday and we say, hey, here, here's what we liked about last week. Here's what we didn't like. By the way, here's how bad it's going to be this week, especially if you're in a Packers fan situation this year. Oh, man. And it's just, uh, you just find things. That's, and we and we feature the community too. I mean, there's a lot of stuff happening up. You, you got to remember that the Green Bay city proper is like only 100,000 people. And then you take in the entire Fox Valley region from Appleton all the way up to Green Bay there on the river. It's like maybe a million to two million or so in the area. It's a small market. So when you can highlight the community and talk about those things, we even actually changed our phone number to be a 920 area code for the call-in show. So people think that it's actually a local produced thing, even though he's in California and I'm here in in, an enemy country in Chicago. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, just those little things, that's the big thing. And then we just make sure we follow the news and talk about the news and be fair I think that's the thing you have to be, that's why they're called critics, right? You have to be critical, but you don't do all the like stupid McCarthy and I can't believe the team doctor. That doesn't get anybody anything. So you just come at it rationally. I mean, with Brett Hundley, in this case, he's got three years on the team. He should be able to be adequately serviceable for what we need to do for the next six to eight weeks. Yeah. So you you have to support it. And if it, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Then, you know, it happens. You said you said a magic word. You do a call-in show because somebody asked about the workflow of this show, which we'll talk about here in a minute. 
But how are you doing a call-in show? What what technology are you using? How are you? Our operators are standing by twenty four seven. You can call after the game, during the game, whenever you want. We'll take all those in. But every call we get, we play. Whether it's oh. horrible audio or not horrible audio, yeah, you know, we we want to play it because we want to feature their stuff. And we got, I think it was like twenty voicemails or so right after the Aaron Rodgers incident this year. I mean, you just got to. I look at us as therapists. We're just letting people call in and just. Hey, this is going to be okay. Hey, I, I'm not watching the Packers the rest of the season. So we're just the therapy channel and we just let it all come in and then we just react to what they say and hopefully give them a little bit of hope. Got it. So you're not actually taking calls live. You're, you're playing the voicemails. Well, if you go to patreon.com slash Packers fan podcast and help us get to the $200 level, ah, then we might think about it. Got it. Okay. Cause I was going to say, <laughs> what are you using blog talk or using uh call in studio or whatever, but that's actually no. for a podcast. That's the, for me, I think that's the, the best way to do it is just play them later. In fact, we, we have one that I'll play a little later, but I was just curious uh, about that. So, but the, but the live tweeting, both for sports and for television, live tweeting is huge. I mean, if there's any recommendation there, it's if you're game time, make sure you're tweeting. And, and we do it from our show account. So we have Packers fan pod mm-hmm. on Twitter or the blacklist GSM for blacklist. And you have to tweet all the time and be in that stream because the one thing people do is if they come to see what's going on, and you hit Twitter, there's like the top people to follow. And when you hit those top people to follow, our, our logo is up there. Nice. So when you see our logo and the Packers organization logo, it looks like you're related, even though you're not. And that just helps out with the, the people understanding who's the official authority to talk about this stuff. I, uh, for me, I forget what I was watching. I was watching a TV show once and got on Twitter and could see where people, and it's, it's cool because it's like, it's like passing notes in class. Yeah, everybody's watching it together. We're all doing this simultaneously, but it's fun. And that's where I was like, okay, I can see where this would be, especially for something like you guys where you're, you know, you're watching a TV show, you're watching a football game, and that way you can kind of, you know, it's it's like you're sitting right next to me in a chair, basically. So Correct. it's a cool way to build that community. Troy, have you had any negative, you know, with the maybe not on the on the Packers side, because that lends itself to that way, but on the on the blacklist, do you get trolls? Have you had problems with people trying to come in and disrupt things? Well, I mean, the number of people that have said yeah, Troy's an idiot for thinking that red could be Katarina and this mother theory concept. I mean, there's been plenty of those, but I think it's more in jest than the trolling thing. But yeah. we we royally messed up the other day because they uh, red and Dembe were playing a word game, and unbeknownst to us, even though I'm a father of two and I should have known this game, but they were playing bananagrams, and we were like. Well, we know they weren't playing Scrabble, but what were they playing? And we had no idea what the hell. We had so much backlash. Like, how how could you not have played Banana? Banana Cramps is like the greatest <laughs> game ever. I, we're, we're not listening to the show anymore. It's uh, like, come on, guys. It's just, a, it's just a game. Yeah. Isn't it funny how people get passionate about those kinds of things? Oh, yeah. Where, and you're, you're, you're kind of like, uh, I was in a situation where somebody wanted me to change something and I was like, you know, that's not really that important in this big scheme of things, man, that was the wrong thing to say. So, you know, you, you kind of, whenever you're dealing with people, you're going to have those moments. I'm assuming Troy, when you get those tense moments, you, do you, do you tend to kind of just try and squelch it as quick as possible and let it move on? Or do you try to address it and make sure that you're, very, very clear about what you were trying to do. And I guess maybe it depends on the situation. Yeah. I mean, if it's toward directed at us, brush it off. It's just someone trying to get your goat. You can't really react to it because then you just come down to their level. So you just have to remember who you are and where your morals are and where you stand and just operate like you would normally operate. Now, if they attack the show, 
I actually wrote a, a pretty lengthy article on the blacklistnbc.com because they were literally attacking the writers for taking sides on which character they were going to have. And I'm like, and the, the things that people were saying, it's like, they're people. You're yelling at actual physical human beings. This has to stop. Okay. If you don't like the way the show's going, you know, it's that. Turn it off. You don't have to watch it anymore. But to keep hurling these insults at my friends, because I've met these people in person, right. it's 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 not cool. So yeah, if you're you're attacking the show, we'll we'll state facts, we'll tell our stories and We'll make sure that we all come to a place of happiness so we can get back to again. And that actually spawned us doing two fan roundtables on the podcast so people could have a voice to air their grievances so that the showrunners would hear it. And we were fine with it. We, we argued, we talked, but at the end, it was two, two great podcast episodes of content because of it. See, that's, that's something I think that a, a lot of talk shows, a lot of sports talk shows to tie it into that kind of your thing. I think it's just people wanting to yell at each other. If you can have people together to actually have a dialogue like, let me hear your point. Let me explain why I think this might be better. And you actually like kind of ping pong back and forth. I don't think many shows do that anymore. It's just the the worst one is Skip Bayless and uh, Shannon Sharp. And I swear they just like, okay, Shannon, this week you're pro. Skip, you're, you're, uh, you're negative. And he's like, no, I was negative last week. I want to be no, just here. Okay, we'll switch here. Uh, Shannon, you're, you're negative. I just, here's your script, read it and scream at each other and be sure to point. I, I, that just drives me crazy. So when you can have a dialogue, that's a beautiful thing. So very cool. Yeah. Jim knows that from the corporate world. We hide behind our email and our instant message oh, all the time. Man, it's like, just pick up the phone and talk to the person. It, yeah. It's amazing how disarming it gets really fast. Uh, yeah. On the Gallup side, I'm, you know, we have a big social, I have 7,000 that I kind of monitor in our, in our, you know, um, media groups. And, I just prefer if it's going to get heated, just call me. Like, let's just talk. It, it, it always that always diffuses it oh. right away. So I, I think if you have Dave, you know this. If you have, well, you you know this with Alex, right? Yeah. If from from Spreaker Live Show, if you're gonna if it's going to get heated, like that's not the place the, the the chat room or the the you know the message boards. That is not the place to get heated. Let's just have a phone conversation because when you get the human person there and they you start talking to them you're a little less inflammatory now that being said that doesn't work on california interstate or california freeways because people (laughs) (laughs) road rage is a real thing but avoid that um avoid that if you can and and i just true story we did get from anaheim to hollywood on the five at three in the afternoon in an hour no way we we couldn't believe it we could not believe it crazy yeah, it's I, the they call it the five because it takes five hours to get exactly. <laughs> I had a guy once, I forget what he said exactly, but he was really just ripping the show. You know, this is that and I said, Oh, you know, thank you so much for your opinion. Can we get on Skype and talk about this? And he really sounded like he was really upset. And he said, Sure. And I'm like, Okay, here's my Skype. We get on Skype and he's like, Is this really Dave? And I'm like, Yeah. And it's like and he, he completely diffused. And yeah, it was like, oh, well, I, I didn't really think it was that bad. I'm like, well, not from your email. It's like, well, I just thought this and this. I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is what I'm, oh, I didn't know you did that. And so it was it was fun to, uh, when you get face-to-face or voice-to-voice or whatever, I, I think that's uh, that's the other thing with email and chat rooms and things like that. There's no tone of voice, and a lot of times that can be uh well, Text huge, is always negative, right, Dave? Yeah. Text, I think people read text negative automatically. And so you've got to, you have to overdo it. I, there is... While I'm not a huge fan of emojis, emojis can be helpful in diffusing situations because they make text feel more friendly to a lot of people. And I, I didn't really even realize that I was talking to a bunch of our college or high school and college interns, 
and and it was kind of a realization like, yeah, you know, actually emojis can be helpful in the communication because it just lightens it up a little bit instead of it being, you know, it could potentially being tense. Especially the one with a little pile of poo with a smile on it. <laughs> right. The poop emoji is my favorite, by the you way. You can actually, That's- I was at, uh, I think it was Target, and you can buy like a little powered speaker in the shape of the the poop emoji. And I was like, really? <laughs> I was like, okay. It was like my son's got a pillow on his bed. That's the uh, poop emoji pillow. <laughs> I had no idea it had caught a market. Actually. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah, incredible. Well, I think that with the texting too, it's it's a it's a two way because we're reading it in a context as well. We don't know what's happened in our days right. at that point. So when we get that message, we're reacting to something else, but we're reacting at that person in that moment. And so we really have to check ourselves anytime we read that stuff as well before we respond. Take that breath, step back. And then really think about what you're going to say. Yeah, write it, delete it, write it again, delete it, then write it a third time. You've probably gotten it right by the time you've written it. You're, you know, the third time, especially Troy. I don't know about you, but I get some of those and they set me off the second I read them all the time. And then you fire something back, and that's never good. No. That is just that never, never, never works out in your favor. They so. usually contain things like I can't remember my password, and then you're like, you're in IT. <laughs> there's a single well, password there's a link right there sometimes sure, I can help have, you, no problem i have find myself reading into what's being but so oh absolutely i might have a person that i'm struggling with and when i get an email from them i am not accurate accurately reading what they wrote yeah. and so i'm skimming across it and then i'm like Whoa, and then i write something back and then after i hit send which is a huge mistake i go back and read the email again and i'm like oh that's not what he said at all. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. Yikes. Yeah, Emily, Emily in the chat room says, uh, I use capitalization and punctuation, and I've been told it comes off as bitchy. So I tend to overuse haha and emojis. Uh, and uh, she says she hates that. So. She hates it. But, well, I'm not a huge fan of, and I get these all the time, three or four question marks at the end of a question. Because to me, that means that's sarcastic. That's right. like, really? Did you really, <laughs> really? mean that? You know? <laughs> really? And actually, I so the other day I sent a note back to somebody. I said, "Why so many email? Or I mean, why so many question marks? You know, just what was yeah. in it, it? I probably shouldn't have sent that back, but it, it does. It's we read things into those, and so sometimes we blame our listeners, like, "Oh, my listeners are so cranky," or they're you know they're not really that cranky. It's just coming across that way because you you might be reading into it, especially when they're making, when they're critical of your art or what you said, or they're disagreeing with you, that can be difficult. Especially when 99% of that is in text form because they're not right. calling in. Right. Yeah. No, right on, right on. Yeah. That always makes things fun. Well, people who have done more than just write in, how's that for a transition? Uh, are, are awesome supporters and uh, we'll be thanking everybody next month because it'll be a new month. And, uh, but we definitely want to give a shout out to uh, Glenn, the geek at horse radio network, uh, Josh Rivers at podcastingexperiments.com and the one and only Max Trescott over at aviationnewstalk.com. Guys, thanks so much for being an awesome supporter. If you'd like to be an awesome supporter of Ask the Podcast Coach, simply go over to askthepodcastcoach.com slash awesome. All levels are deeply, deeply appreciated. So, uh, Troy, do you have a Patreon for any of your shows? You know, it was funny. We did one for Packers fan podcast a while back. It's not taken off as big as we thought. We've gotten some actual, um, you know, we actually did it by the numbers of the Packers. So we have the the $1 level for Curly Lambeau and the $4 for Brett Favre, $12 for Aaron Rodgers, et cetera. Nice. We've actually had some $12 hits uh, recently. So it's not 
it's you know it's covering the hosting and things of that nature but right. it's not but yeah uh blacklist was interesting we've always toyed with the fact of can i really ask the listeners for something and it, it's been this moral struggle for me because i'm literally making money off of someone else's content someone else's mm-hmm. intellectual property and so from a a moral standpoint i'm like i just i don't feel like i can do that um now if someone sends us a check or anything it's like we're gonna say no but we're not gonna actively pursue and push it out there because we always thought it'd be fun right we put up a a fill the fedora icon on the website and i'm sure we would make bank but we just by the time we thought about it it was season four and you know it was tentative there that we didn't know blacklist was coming back for season five so we just were like you know what if people want to throw us stuff they'll they sent us Christmas cards, and one time we got a Christmas card that was um, uh, a Nick's Pizza box. Nick's Pizza <laughs> is what comes up on the phone when Red calls Liz. Right. So we actually got a Christmas card with a Nick's Pizza box. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's the kind of stuff I'd rather get than cash. Cash can come from anywhere. I'm doing it for the I'm doing it for the relationships. Well, yeah, and the awesome experiences that you're getting, and uh, all those other fun filled stuff. So it's going to set up career number two after I retire, you know, when my kids go to college. So that, trust me, I'll, when your I'll, kids I'll go to college, that. you're going to need a second career. <laughs> exactly. It's not a second right. career. You're going to need a second job. Second job. <laughs> Holy moly. I'm in the midst. I, I, I am. I should be getting sponsorship or something free sure. from right. Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> it's my daughter's university. And, and she, uh, as soon as I got there, we went to Walmart and picked up some gear so, you know, I could represent the school and stuff. But yikes, uh, get a get a second job. It's super expensive. Nice. Well, we probably should answer a question or two. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to go to uh, askthepodcastcoach.com slash join. Uh, but we got this one from Kyle. Hey, Dave. Um, this is Kyle Wilcox. I wanted to throw you a question about... If you have ever heard of this uh, thing called Seriously Simple Podcasting, it looks like it's a plugin for WordPress and it is, uh, I guess it's like, it would be like an alternative to the uh, Power Plus, Power Press plugin. Um, so yeah, Seriously Simple Podcasting dot com. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I mean, I listened to a lot of your podcasting things and never heard you or any other podcasters mention it. So just wondering if you know of people using it, if it works, if it's, uh, if there's pros and cons between it and other other options, I'd love to hear hear what your thoughts are on uh, on the seriously simple podcasting. So I've I've never used it, but I have seen it because I have helped people move off of it when they move over to Libsyn and they want to use the Libsyn feed. I looked at it; it seems okay. The biggest thing I look for is can I redirect my feed? So in the event this thing turns out to be a giant poop emoji, can I? Uh, can I move away from it? And you can. So I don't really have, I don't know if anybody in the chat room has, uh, has played with this. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever played with it, but um, the, the, here's my question on this. Cause he says it looks like a power press alternative. That's the way I'm reading it. It literally reads like a power press alternative. It gives you a feed right in WordPress. No need for extra external dependencies. Yeah. And so uh, to me, I'm like, why are we always looking for an alternative? That's my question. It's like, well, Kyle's in the Kyle's in the space. You know, he's uh, we interviewed him on Home Gadget Geeks oh, uh, about the work that he's doing in the school district. So he works. He's kind of the media resource guy for the school district, and he's got the high school, junior high, and some elementary schools podcasting, which is awesome. In fact, we have some great pictures uh, on his show of the studios, both a like a YouTube studio. I almost wanted to call it a TV studio, but they really use YouTube, right? So it's a YouTube studio as well as a podcasting studio. 
And so he's he is new to the podcast world and is still trying to figure out, okay, am I doing the right things? Are there other things I should be doing? And so when we get a question like this, he's just, I, I think he's just kind of exploring that space of like, hey, I came across this. Should did I you know did I miss the boat? I'll say Kyle. No, if you're if you're using Power Trap, Power Press, and WordPress, you're in the right spot doing the right thing. You don't want to change anything now. Um, that that is that's the right. I think that's the right way to go. But Dave, that's kind of the context of the question. He's Kyle's doing some amazing work, by the way. I, I think if you want a great model of how to influence uh, an entire, he has his superintendent podcasting like updates from the district now on a nice. every other week basis. Yeah. An amazing, this is something I always dreamt about when I was a kid is like, how do we use podcasting and, or how do we use this media to just, you know, inform people of what's going on. So superintendent does a podcast. He's got third and fourth graders doing podcasts. So really, really cool that he could use his role to be able to influence an entire school district. I'm super proud of him. I, I think he's doing a great job. Yeah. Daniel says in the chat room from the audacity to podcast.com, Currently, uh, seriously simple podcasting plugin does not support the new iTunes tag, so that would be a, a check mark. Um, I, guess, I, guess, I guess the other thing though is that from the iTunes, everybody's talking about those iTunes tags. iTunes is the only one that supports the iTunes oh, tag. That drives me nuts. Yeah, I had a guy yesterday that was looking in iTunes, and he's like, "It's not there," and I'm like, "And so yeah, I have to tell people now. You have to be very specific. It's on the podcast app." in ios 11 so in the event they haven't updated their phone because i've had people do that i'm like i'm looking at it right now i'm like send me a screenshot and i'm like oh you haven't updated your phone so it is kind of uh interesting because i really expected all these apps to follow the leader and you just you know here's the tags and so far i i haven't seen anybody even apple i mean itunes doesn't support their tags so it's kind of uh confusing and it makes the whole right now that whole tag thing is it's just a mess, it's, in my opinion, because you have to explain to people with uh, Libsyn and Blueberry. It's like, okay, if you this is the information that goes to all the apps. This is the information if you want to use it that will go to to you know Apple Podcasts. Um, if you put information here, it will ignore what you put up there. It's it's this whole weird tic tac toe. If you it's if this happens, then this will happen. Unless you did this, in which case it goes to here, and then you get into weird things like the subtitle. Then I found out this week. That if you put in a subtitle, that normally replaces what you put in the description. But now, if you put in a subtitle and an iTunes description, the iTunes description will override the subtitle and the description. It's just this whole. If this is that, it's so have fun trying to explain that over email. It's a lot. Yeah, of fun. The, t- the tags I'm using are the 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 season tag, the episode tag, and the title tag. And I think it beyond that. Yeah. I, I would stay away at this point until it's more fleshed out. And especially because I've already gone through and did the whole back catalog thing. Oh, and that was just, <laughs> well, it was only five seasons, a hundred episodes yeah. or so, but I was doing it during a Packer game because they were losing anyway. Um, and it, I'm not And the big thing there was, I'm not going to change the post title in right. WordPress because like uh, overcast downcast right. po- pocket, none of the, they're still reading the post title. So I'm not going to go back in again and adjust those post titles if everybody else catches up eventually. Yeah. My hope is they would just read what they need to read appropriately. Yeah. All I'm doing right now is I will, I've played with it and I put in a different title. I'm like, yep, it's using that title. Woohoo. And I put in an episode number cause I'm not doing season. So that's all I do. And, and that's where a lot of people think this is mandatory. And I'm like, no, if you want to just keep doing what you were doing. And it's always one of those things where it's weird because Apple didn't put those there for no reason. So 
you know, somewhere down the road, like I know with what's their new smart speaker coming out. Oh, the home pod. Yeah. It's like, is that going to be able to go like, Hey Siri play episode? Oh, of course my phone's going off now. Um, everybody's going like, what? Stop it. Um, yeah, shut up, <laughs> shut up. Um, uh, so, but you might be able to go, Hey, uh, you know, your name, um, you know, play episode 17 of the blacklist exposed. And she might be able to do that. If you have that in there, don't know. So you never know what's, what's going to happen with that. Um, Speaking of that, uh, Spreaker just added the Spreaker skill to the Amazon Alexa. Works great. Works great. It is. It's really cool. So you just have to enable. I actually enabled that Spreaker skill. Yes. Verbally. So you just tell your device, hey, device, uh, enable the Spreaker skill. And it'll turn that on. And then you can say, you know, play such and such. And it'll pull it from Spreaker. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, John in the chat room asks, uh, do you use the description tag? I don't because to the best of my knowledge, again, this is one of the things you have. I don't think it allows hyperlinks. I think the iTunes description does not allow hyperlinks. I'm, I think I'd have to double check on that. But that's, yeah, at least on the desktop, I've never seen it. That's the only place you can read it because on the phone, you only get like two lines of the description anyway. So it's yeah, pretty it's, much useless unless for SEO. But, but Yeah. And so for me... I, I like the fact that the app now has a link to the website where you have all your links. I think that's the thinking behind it is there's no hyperlinks in the, the description, but if you scroll down this far, uh, you've got a link to the website, which is cool. Um, but it, yeah, again, the whole thing's just a little, little wonky at this point. And I know since the, since the launch, my podcast numbers have stayed exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, gained, haven't lost. I'm not sure it's ready for prime time yet. Yeah, I know uh, Cliff Ravenscraft was saying he's moved from the podcast app to Overcast because it used to be you could have a list view. So if you have a lot of podcasts, like most of us do, you you can see a big chunk of them. And now you have these big giant squares, and there's no way to like you have to just scroll forever to to look for that. Um, so there, I don't know that there's a perfect like I love Overcast, but I I was just reading about podcast. FM, I think it is now has an app and you're able to search in your library, not search the directory. I'm like, Hey, I'm looking for this podcast. Cause when I open up overcast, I mean, my list is long and I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm looking for the blacklist exposed or, or let's say I'm looking for something that begins with S cause they show them in alphabetical order. And I'm just like flipping and flipping and flipping and, and swiping up to get to it. It's like, it'd be nice to go, you know, give me that. So it's the dexterity for paper football top season. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, so yeah, for now I'm not using the description field. I get what they're looking for. And I just like the fact that people can click on my artwork and actually have the links right there. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there, but, uh, Troy, what's your, uh, what's your workflow when you're doing shows? We had somebody earlier ask, uh, uh, what my workflow is. We'll talk about that in just a second, but do you do everything in post-production? Cause you're actually recording this with, uh, well, I know you do the, the Packers podcast with Wayne, Who's your uh, co-host on your other shows? And yeah, uh, Aaron is recording on his side in Audacity uh, to the computer. He just refuses to buy a digital recorder, even though I told him he should, because right. of all the people he interviews from his Hollywood Outsider podcast. Uh, but I got the trusty Roland R O five, which I'm hoping to upgrade at Christmas to an H four N or a, a six or something, just because on the Roland R O five, when you hit the A B button, it splits the files. So then, and for me, I have to go back into aud- uh, audition then, and I literally have to add the files back together to make the master file. Right. So with, at least with the, from what I heard from Wayne on the zooms, when you push the button, it'll actually put the marker tag, yeah. which would literally speed up my workflow tenfold. So that's hopefully on my Christmas list this year. 
But um, yeah, we record ourselves. Uh, he sends me the file. We do the double ender deal and audition and then add in the music and the clips and liners and all that good stuff and then mix it on down to wave, EQ it a little bit and then put it out to an MP3 file from there, which goes into uh, our, we're hosted on Golden Spiral Media. So unfortunately we do the file as download only. It's all right. <laughs> but uh, we do that be- be- because it's, it's, it's uh, more inexpensive, right? right? We have a ton of shows more on the network and yeah. So uh, we're doing it that way. And then, of course, that goes into PowerPress and WordPress for the feed and then out to everybody out there in La La Land. That actually gets sucked in by Spreaker. And then in Spreaker, I have to go upload just the album art, make a little tweak to the description, put in some tags. And then that gets published out to iHeartRadio from there because we can't use Destinations and Libsyn. And then published to YouTube so that we have a couple hearing impaired people in our audience. So we're using the good enough closed captioning on YouTube rather than paying thousands of dollars for transcripts. Now, is that free on Google, the transcription? Yeah. The closed captioning as it plays? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Gotta love that. It's getting better. It, it, it is getting better. I mean, we're seeing significant improvements in it. I, I think in the next three to five, it's going to be really great. Um, but it's hard. It's hard to get the human. You know, what's interesting is the more we use these, these digital assistants, the more these companies are finding out how to handle these, you know, our voice. And so it, while it's, it's kind of chunky and clunky right now, they are working hard at getting better, being able to, you know, differentiate between you and me, Troy, how great would it be? You know, you have a, a two person podcast transcripts are worthless. Uh, they're even, I mean, they're even worse in those kinds of situations because they can't, the, the words don't get differentiated between who's who. And if you got to go back in there and edit that, oh man, it's super messy. And when you talk over like Dave and I, we talk over, over each other all the time. That makes it even worse. So it's a hard thing to do, but I do I do find those YouTube transcripts or the YouTube um, captions are good enough. The clearer you talk, the slower you talk, the better they are. Yep, you can always move it up to two x if you find people are talking too slow. Yeah, <laughs> which the music I was kind of like, yeah, I'm getting into it. And I was like, wait, why am I dancing slower? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I, for me, for this show, it's most of the music is done. Like if I throw some in here now, we'll throw some happy music here. Um, you know, I can fade in music here um, for the background. So I'm doing all the music and stuff live. If we want to have David Lee Roth, Woo! you know, or Woo! whatever. Um, or if somebody says something wrong, or if somebody says, hey, uh, I see you're using an ATR2100. Do you have any other microphones? Uh, I, I have a Heil PR40. You have a Heil PR40? Yeah, so those are all mixed in. We're doing those live as we speak. Now, there are times I was doing a podcast review show uh, last week. We did uh, the Money Answer Show with me and Eric, and we play clips of the, the podcast in there, and I forget what we're doing, but it didn't sound great because it's, it's, I, oh, that's why I forgot to hit record. That was, we we're talking about this earlier. <laughs> I forget to hit record. So I pulled the audio from YouTube. And so it was fine. It was, but anytime there's any kind of music or anything like that, YouTube just squatches the bejesus out of it. So for some of that, I went back in and put the original MP3 that I played in the, uh, in the show. So it sounded much better that way. But, uh, most of my shows, if it's like the school of podcast, if I'm doing an interview, I'm recording it on an H5 um, or an H4. No, I have an H5. Um, wish I had an H6 because they're pretty and they have a color screen. But uh, the H5. And then if it's a non-podcasting show, if it's a logical weight loss or something like that, I use the H5 now as my USB device and just go right into Hindenburg. And then from there, I add a little post-product. Most of my uh, 
my sound except for today where i sound like i'm a 1940s radio announcer like oh look at the dames oh they're hitting the it's, i don't know what i sound like but i understand i sound horror horrendous little, little, well that's not horrendous yeah. it's just it, it's kind of There's it's no uh, a little cool. what are you using dave for the sound effects uh, i jingle i used to use uh boss jock studio i used to use a thing from black cat something I forget the name of it, but this is, and it's weird because it's like a million dollars. And I think this was 20 bucks, which I realize in app land is like a million dollars. But uh, I love it because I've got four different, uh, I've, I've got ask the podcast coach here. I've got, if I wanted to do the logical weight loss show, I could do that for a while. I was doing that. I was doing everything live, but the, the problem with live is what happens if I hit a button and all of a sudden, you know, it just blows your head off. Well, part of me then wants to go back in post-production and fix that. And my thought on that is, if I'm going to do post-production, why not just do everything in post-production where all the volumes are right where they need to be? There's no uh, thing where all of a sudden the music goes on for another 30 seconds and we're like, oh, I guess we should keep talking now because, you know, talking up stuff is a whole other skill. So most of my stuff I do in post-production, if you listen to the school of podcasting, all the sound effects and things like that are done later uh, just because it's just, it's just, I just go in and talk and then just drag things in as I'm, I'm talking. Especially if you got something like audition or Hindenburg or audacity, where you can have a template pre-save. Yeah. You just open up the template, all your sound effect clips are there on a, on a track, drag them up. Don't forget to delete the track when you're done. That's always the fun part at 1230 in the morning when you're trying to post your show, uh, when you leave one of those remnants behind. But yeah, I just have that track, um, muted out in audition so that I could just grab the artifacts, move them up where I need to just makes that process so much faster. Yeah, the uh, the lesson I learned this week, because I did this twice. Normally, I always, what I do is I upload my show to Overcast because there's this cool feature. I download it and I listen to it through a phone because that's where my audience is probably going to listen to it. I didn't do it twice this month because I was in a hurry. And twice I had something way out like the show was over. Then you know, like 20 seconds of silence. And so I've gone into all my templates and taken off the ending music. I now have to bring in the ending music manually because that's twice now where I've done that because it was a shorter show. Cause normally I kind of see the, the end music here and I'm like, Oh, cool. We're, we're almost done. And this was a case where they were just shorter shows. I didn't have that much to say. And so I'm like, Oh, I'll just drag in the, the outro music. And I do. And then there's like, 20 seconds of silence and then the outro music again. And I was like, now I have since fixed that. So, but the bad news is of course the, when you first release that your, your diehard fans are going to download that collector's now, edition. They know, they yeah. know, yeah. they know. Yeah. you know, the, the ones that listen to it first, they're, they're probably the most understanding. You could also move that ending clip just to the beginning. So you have your beginning yeah. and ending visually right there. And that's a good visual cue. Like, yeah. okay, I need to drag this down to the yeah, end. That way you don't forget um, that it's already in the, <laughs> In the template. Yeah. I've actually, I've gone to, so I, we record the show live on YouTube. You know, we use just like we're doing here. I get that MP4 and I put it in Movie Maker, which is an old Windows, super easy to use. I don't get fancy, so I don't need to, I don't need to. But then I add the music in there and then re-import re, uh, it back into YouTube. And that works for me, super simple. And, uh, and so I, I try not to make it too complicated. You can get really complicated on the video side and it can be kind of discouraging. I, that, that way has been easy. I can really do a video in about 10 minutes and, and all I'm doing is putting a few, uh, you know, I put a screen, uh, I put a banner in the beginning. I put a banner in my intro where I play some music, put a banner at the end, do some transitions, throw some music. In. It takes longer to render it than it does for me to edit it. Sure does. And then I've gotten in, in the habit uh, of just stripping that audio out right out of YouTube. Right, right, what we get in YouTube, it's actually prefer for me. 
good enough. Yeah. And, and it, it, it stops me from, I still have a backup copy, but it keeps me from having to do all the gyrations. So that's been working. That, that workflow has been working well for me. Well, you mentioned uh, how things can get kind of complicated. Uh, I found this on a Facebook group. So this was not sent to me. This was just out on Facebook from uh, Sonia. And uh, she asked the question, desperately needed uh, some help here. I need advice on tech solutions that are inexpensive. With a startup podcast, I'm trying to trying my best to keep expenses low, as we all are. Uh, format of my show includes, includes two permanent hosts, leading to three eventually. With uh, taking calls to record guests on each show, originally I had a setup for two USB microphones connected on a MacBook Pro, but this solution is becoming challenging because I can't figure out how to record guests via a phone or Skype. I'm crossing my fingers and hoping that someone can provide me some advice or guidance on this so I can continue with the ideal format for my show. So it's interesting that, and I understand we all, I mean, who wants, I want to pay as much. Yeah. I want to pay. I want to overpay for my podcast. Nobody wants to do that, but just realize the more stuff you add, the more challenging it can be. So especially when you have, I had somebody I was talking to, or I watched a YouTube video and they had six people on their podcast. Number one, I just thought, you really got to watch each other. Otherwise it's going to turn into the view or the real or any of those shows that are basically just people talking over each other. Um, but uh, the USB microphone thing on a Mac, Daniel, you'll will know the name of it. There's some sort of, um, but there were, um, there are a couple different ones that, cause I know on the PC there's the, is it banana here? Let me click on there. Cause I know there I really the- wanted to help you. And I'm like, I have no idea, I have no idea where it was going. Voice <laughs> meter. That's the one oh, is, there we go. is on okay. the PC and there is, it's from Ambrosia. There's the same people that do the one that I can't remember. Yeah. Dan just said loop back, loop back. Thank you. Tell him what he's won. It's a cheese straightener. Excellent. So Daniel J. Lewis from the audacity to podcast. When you, when you can't remember the answer, that's the guy you go to. Loopback from Understand It. Audio Hijack Pro is the one I could not think of. Why? I highly, I highly recommend Audio Hijack Pro. I got lots of friends that use it, even though they should be recording on a digital recorder as a backup. Yes. Uh, yeah. If you if you have a Mac, Audio Hijack Pro from Rogue Amoeba, you can do your yes. uh, multiple people coming in, left and right pans, so you can get your double enders done if you want. It, it's really, really nice. How you can set up your recipes for different things. Yeah. So I, I saw Amoeba. Or I saw Ambrosia and thought it was Amoeba. It's no, it's Rogue Amiga. It's not Ambrosia. Ambrosia, the people that make the software that John uses for his uh, little um, card machine, for lack of a better uh, thing. So yeah, if, if I don't remember, there's a on Rogue Amoeba's website. They actually have a link to a Windows-like version of what Rogue Amoeba would be if they made something for Windows. Hmm. That might be. They, they, they recommend they recommend something. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. I wonder if that's Voice Meter. Because they they went crazy. Where normally people cut out ease, they added extra ones. Um, yeah, I remember them. And there's audio hijack, loopback. Uh, they've got a bunch of really cool stuff. But that might be a way that you could take three microphones, three USB microphones. Because normally I would say ditch the USB microphones and go get a mixer. But if you want to do it all USB, I would still get a mixer. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I just don't. Yeah, it's just that's just too much. It's too complicated. Yeah, so that's that was kind of my point. It's like you you say I want to do everything cheap, and again we do. But the more you add, the more learning curve is going to come in there somewhere. And um, I don't know. You say have you used Audio Hijack? Obviously, uh, Troy sounds like right. Yeah, absolutely. How much of a learning curve was that? Zero. 
Really? I mean, if you if you know anything about audio and how audio would come in, it's pretty simple. You say you basically grab. I want to record audio from this application, say Skype, mm-hmm. or I want to record, or I want to take these three inputs if they have different inputs. The hard part with Mac is that if you use some of these generic sound cards, like I'm using the the Sabrent seven dollar mm-hmm. uh, USB sound card for for what we're doing today into my MacBook Pro, um, it shows up as USB audio. So you just need to know: Are you on? USB audio, USB audio, or USB audio to figure out who's on what. But yeah, you just grab those inputs. You can merge them into a uh, like a virtual mixer. You can add effects, and then you can literally dump it out to a, an output, and you can actually plug your headphones then that are coming out of your, your notebook into the chain anywhere you want. So you can hear it post-record uh, or uh, pre-record if you want to see what the effects are doing to the, to, the, to the sound. So it's actually really, really a simple drag-and-drop interface. It's really nice. Yeah, because I have saw some screenshots a loop back and it was another one it's like it looks kind of you know very very powerful but usually the more power you get the more learning curve there is so that sounds uh you know maybe I'd, audio hijack pro is uh depending on which way you want to go but just realize there's going to be a learning curve there and i'm with jim i think i would go mixer if, now if they've got a bunch of uh blue yetis and they're kind of stuck with a bunch of usb mics that are going to take up you know they make great paperweights um but or things to display, you know, yeah. you want to, yeah, you want to display them like we do. Exactly. Yeah. A mixer is just so much easier to plug in and there's a little bit of a learning curve to get that done, but it, you know, you make sure you, I, I would say make sure you're getting a USB mixer in that as well. You, you can buy a multi-channel mixer that doesn't have USB capabilities. That's they're getting rarer. Um, yeah. uh, most of them have USB and there's some really great things you can do with them. It's, I think it's one of the best tools that as for a podcaster, if you're going to invest anywhere, I think that that's one of those tools that gives you a lot of versatility in what you're doing, being able to add sound in, being able to have multiple people in the studio, just having a good mixer. I've got an FX Pro 8 here in my studio, which gives me four XLRs. I have a 12, a Gallup that I think is six or eight uh, XLRs. And it, it, I bought that thinking, you know, we were going to do a studio setup where I would have six or seven microphone inputs coming in via XLR. And man, that was it's not a terrible investment. I mean, they're under 400 bucks and, and it's one of those kinds of things that's, it's worth every penny. So if you're struggling with that, I am not a big fan of software to do that kind of stuff. If you can avoid it, all kinds of things can go wrong with your software, with your PC, with compatibilities, with upgrades, um, you know, some of those kinds of things. And for the most part, I don't ever reboot my mixer, you know, it just, yeah, it's true. just not one of the, I have once to be honest, but you just don't do it very often. And so it, 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 you know, no, no firmware upgrades, no, no updates to have to worry about no automatic things. I just, I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. That's a good point. I never thought about that. You never have to reboot your mixer. Um, no, you generally do. I've never rebooted this one here at home. It just is. It's on. It's always on. It just works. Um, you know, you, you run into different problems with it. If you're, you know, grounding issues and, hums and hisses and yeah. understanding the difference between gain and volume and you know some of those uh, th- those and so it's not it's not without its learning curve i just prefer it yeah the uh, we'll do one more quick question here as we head out the door this is another one that came out uh i, I was scouring some facebook groups and saw this it's from a guy named ken countess and he says are there any opinions on using zoom versus skype and skype for me, I don't, I'm one of the weird guys. I don't have any problems with Skype hardly ever. Um, we're having more problems with uh, YouTube today. Jim, occasionally you're getting the Xylon thing going on and yeah. what the deal, but 
Um, I don't really have a whole lot of problems with Skype. Zoom, I never have any problems with. The problem I have with Zoom is getting people to configure their microphone because it's weird. They have a, a picture of a microphone that says mute and you have to go like, I don't know, an eighth of an inch to the right to click on this little up arrow to then pick what microphone you're using and what your headphones are. And zoom is super stable. What I don't like is if you, and I need to go find out what they actually give you. The audio file of a zoom meeting is not great, but if you're using it to connect and then recording on a digital recorder, that would be work great. But I would not, I don't think I would use the, the zoom. Cause I know there's a thing it's at zoom.us. I know if you want, you can pay more to get a better audio, which is usually a good signal that the audio that they're giving you is, uh, is not something that, uh, you know, you want to put out to the public. It's a nice backup, but, um, for me, you know, unless you're having a lot of problems with, with, uh, Skype, which if that's because of bandwidth issues, you're going to have the same bandwidth issues with, with zoom. So, uh, when in doubt, try them both. And, uh, you know, see what, uh, see what happens. But, uh, Troy, anything coming up on, uh, on the Packers show or anything you want to plug here as we get ready to head out the door? Yeah, no, just the, the big 100th episode of the blacklist will air in January before the Olympics. So it'll be exciting how that comes up. We'll actually get to post pictures from the set, uh, as they happen, but we can't post any of the audio obviously until the actual 100th podcast, uh, episode coverage. So that'll be fun. But yeah, other than that, uh, just, just pray the Packers survive the season because, at this point, no team doctor is going to be able to do the magic they need to get everybody healthy because, man, it's scary up there right now. Yeah. Too much bratwurst. Jim, it's nice to have you back. You'll be back. You, you won't be back next week. You're, you're going to miss yeah. one more week. And then you're back for the rest of the year? Yeah. Until uh, the rest of the year, till the first week or the last week of January, actually, our program starts again. I'll be out six more weeks as we work with these high school kids. Super important work. So I appreciate you giving me that, that time off to do it. But. I will um, I will plug a couple things. One, I was on Podcast Junkies, and if you haven't added Podcast oh. Junkies, you talk about it a lot, Dave. Great show. If you haven't added that to your playlist as a podcaster, I think it's kind of a must. Uh, 146. Harry is a great guy. I need to I need I should have met him earlier in my podcast you know career. He is such a great guy. So 146 on Podcast Junkies. If you want to hear, we talk a lot about podcasting, but a little bit about my story behind podcasting. And then last night on Home Gadget Geeks, Addie Salcido was on. And we nice. talked about her, the podcast planner, right? She's at the podcastplanner.com and talked a little bit about that. But in the context of kind of uh, organizing and planning, not just for your podcast, but a little bit in life as well. And so we had this great conversation for an hour and some change. And that's now on the feed. So if you go to the average guy.tv and look under home gadget geeks, you'll see that episode. See, we should have planned before this because I literally grabbed my podcast junkies t shirt out of the closet this morning. Nice. And then I thought yellow might be too bright for the video on a Saturday. Awesome. Uh, I I don't have a T-shirt. I, I'm going to have to get one next uh, podcast. Right. Well, we're here every Saturday. Ask the podcast Thanks for listening. Stick around for some post show.